is a Kansas memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. At the beginning of the 21st century, Americans take it for granted that school and play will dominate children's lives. But 100 years ago, that was not a given. Free grade schools were a relatively new product of the late 19th century education reform. Children often had to forego school and stay home to help plant and harvest the crops. Summer vacation was originally a recognition of the necessity for seasonal child labor in a society which was still centered around agriculture. As America became increasingly industrialized, the public demanded restrictions on how and when child labor could be used. This debate was fueled especially by the growing use of poor children to work in urban factories alongside their parents in the squalid, grueling conditions that also spawned the powerful American labor union movement. As they were with many social issues, women were at the forefront of the movement to restrict the use of child labor and increase school enrollment during this period, which was called the Progressive Era. As early as 1885, a law was passed restricting the use of children ages 12 to 16 in the coal mines, unless they could prove they had attended school for at least three months during the year. Then in 1905, a law banned the use of children under 14 in factories, packing houses and mines. That law was refined until in 1915, an act created the three-member Industrial Welfare Commission and gave them the power to conduct investigations and establish standards for the wages, hours, and conditions under which children could be employed. The act specified that one of the members appointed by the governor had to be a woman. Not all women supported laws restricting child labor. In Sabetha, Kansas, Emma Grimm's 10-year-old son Theodore was let go from his position as a grocery delivery boy in 1917 because of the new law. This series of letters illustrates how families and businesses had come to depend on child labor to make ends meet and how they could not fathom that it could be illegal or injurious to the child. In regard to this new law about the children, I must write you a few lines. I do believe it is a very wrong thing for us people out here in this little town and in the country. Our children do not have to work too hard. And I do believe it is better for children to learn to work when they are little than when they are nearly grown. Then they get stubborn and want their own way and that does not work good. And I believe all wise fathers and mothers will agree with me that it is better for children to work a little than to be out on the streets in all kinds of mischief and annoying their neighbors and quarreling and fighting like they sometimes do. And if we take everything into consideration, the way everything goes now, we need the help of our children very much. You see, the young men, the best workers, have to go to war, and the old men are worn out. And where is all our help? It is very scarce, and lots work too. And it is necessary for us to teach the children while young how to work so as to grow up to be wise men and women. My boy was turned of from his job Saturday, and he took it so hard he cried and said, I cannot earn any money anymore, and I want my job back again. He worked on the grocery delivery wagon with a man. The man's name is Roy Dillplane, and my boy's name is Theodore Grimm. And so I would like for you to grant him a permit to get back to work again as soon as he can, if you can do it. Please be so kind to do it for us. Yours respectfully, Emma Grimm, Sabetha City, Kansas. December 12, 1917. Mrs. Emma Grimm, Sabetha, Kansas. Dear Madam, 
Your letter of November 27th to Governor Capper regarding the enforcement of the child labor law has been referred to this office for reply. I have read your letter carefully, but note you fail to state how old your boy is or what hours he was required to work. The law prohibits the employment of any child under 14 years of age in mercantile establishments and provides that all children between 14 and 16 years of age must have work permits issued by the superintendent of schools. It further provides that they shall not be employed more than eight hours in any one day or more than 48 hours in any one week or before 7 a.m. or after 6 p.m. Neither the governor nor any other official has power to grant permits other than is specified in the law or to make any exceptions or exemptions to the law. The legislature has seen fit to prohibit the employment of children under these ages, believing that it is better for them to have a reasonable amount of time for play and recreation than that they should be compelled to be employed every minute of their time while still only partially developed physically and mentally. The number of hours assigned to children in school is considered by people who have made a careful study of child development to be the maximum amount of time which they should spend at serious work, and the remainder of the time, outside of the ordinary household duties and chores which they are usually required to do, should be allowed them for healthy recreation and play. Children who are denied the playtime of life become old men and women before their time. The solution to the problem of bad company which you seem to fear by your boys being on the street, is to properly direct their play and their associates in their play, rather than by putting them to work at occupations which would prove drudgery. Our experience has been that as a rule, children are subjected to more evil influences in connection with most of the occupations with which they are likely to find employment than they do under normal conditions when allowed to play with other boys. We regret that your boy felt the loss of his position so keenly, but we feel sure that you will consider the matter from the proper angle and will realize that it is for his best good that he spend his time in school and be allowed sufficient time for recreation outside of school hours so that he can do justice to his schoolwork. Yours very truly, P.J. McBride, Commissioner of Labor. This is Bertha Harrell, December 2nd, 1917. Mr. Arthur Kappa, Governor of Kansas. Dear Arthur, Answering yours of November the 23rd, note the question in this advertisement in last week's Herald. Where are your boys' evenings? Asked the farmer in his advertisement, warning parents that several Sebessa boys are to be prosecuted. If these boys had a little exercise in their father's stores, rather than committing depredations on this farm evenings, wouldn't it be better for society? The order of the state labor representatives in Sebastian recently was nonsense, really pernicious. Merchants shrink from the publicity attached to charges that they are child labor law violators, but they boil inwardly at the utter foolishness of the situation. Teddy Grimm, a 10-year-old boy, an orphan supported by two aunts, had been working Saturdays and Saturday evenings to help the town grocery driver deliver groceries. He was let out at once, and Saturday, I noticed him chasing around the streets with nothing to do. The laundry had a girl who said she was 16 years old. The proprietor doubted it and fired her, fearing you're a labor bureau. I understand the hotel here was this charge a girl 
which helping support a mother because of some fool order of the labor bill. Probably a dozen merchants in Sabetha have been using their children in one way or another in violation of the labor bureau's orders, but not in violation of same benefits to the children. Out of school, you understand. The injustice is to the children and the public as I see it. Everybody knows what Satan does to idle hands. Multiply this labor bureau's misdirected energy over Kansas and you have an, an extremely evil result. I am intimately living these country town conditions and I know the effort is to find opportunities for the wholesome activities of these boys. The labor bureau has exactly the other view of it, apparently. The boys do not have enough jobs in this country town and are learning too much idleness. Sabetha, Kansas, November 21st, 1917. Governor Capper, Topeka, Kansas. Dear Sir, On November 19th, a lady deputy factory inspector called on me and made a report of my place of business. I have a grocery and employ two men. On Saturdays, trade is better than weekdays, and two of my children, girls, help me. Their ages are 12 and 14 years. Now, this said inspector says I am violating the child labor law by employing child under 14 years. I am not employing child under 14 years. Furthermore, I don't employ my children. They help me just as anybody's children should. Now, I don't believe it is the intention of the child labor law to forbid me the right to allow my own children to help me, especially in a time like this, when we should conserve and do all we can to help the government. Would you please inform me what to do? It seems very poor judgment to enact a law which forbids parents to use the help of their own children, also to send a female to inspect the little grocery merchants who are doing their best to keep the prices down by not employing more help than necessary. Yours respectfully, Roy Hanai. The shift from permitting child labor to emphasizing the same basic education for all children, regardless of their family's social and economic class, had a profound effect on Kansas in the 20th century. In 1900, barely half of Kansas children actually attended school, and very few finished 12 grades. By the year 2000, 86% of Kansas youth were earning a high school degree, and that figure continues to rise. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.